This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. I hope you had a great weekend. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, if you wish to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Now listen, this is rather important. Uh, Some of you are now listening on WFTL, our newest affiliate, 850 AM. Uh, WFTL covers all of South Florida from Miami all the way up. All, all my favorite golfers are listening right now, I presume. And so hello to all of you. Uh, I'll tell you about me here in a minute. Uh, thank you to WFTL. Uh, and look, we've got the presidential fundraising numbers. I want to get to that, to the weekend, the event in Iowa, all of that. But I actually want to start somewhere else first. In fact, I want to start in Canada, of all things. Now, there's a larger story here. Bear with me. Be patient. I am a professional. Some of you may think otherwise. I saw this story circulating online, and it is a playoff of an older story, but it actually is from this weekend. A group of Canadian parents say their kids are so addicted to the video game Fortnite that their children have stopped eating, sleeping, and showering. Now the parents want to hold its tech giant creator accountable. They lost their kids to Fortnite is the title of the piece. And they start with poor old Cody, who is seven years old, who wanted to play soccer, and then the pandemic hit. Soccer was shut down. School and martial arts went online. Instead of bouncing around, he was suddenly trapped at home and on his Xbox. His parents were uneasy with Fortnite's violence, but he was only nine by then. The game was rated 13 plus, but, quote, its cartoonishness allayed their worries. The game looked less like a battlefield and more like a Pixar-produced acid trip. At the beginning of every round, Cody boarded a flying blue school bus. He'd skydive to a vast, vibrant island dotted with whimsically named landmarks. And he loved it. They would let him play for two hours a night, a few nights a week. When, when he was gaming, he wouldn't eat, drink water, or even go to the bathroom. If he lost a round, he'd slam his controller on the ground. 
In September of 2021, Cody resumed in-person classes at a new school, but his mind was stuck online. To make friends, he asked his classmates what video games they played. After his second day of school, he came home and excitedly told his mom he and another student had agreed to game together that night, and she refused to let him log on, and he started crying and then screaming. When she forbade Cody from gaming, he had panic attacks, wailing and weeping. He writhed on the floor and told his parents he wanted to die. They should have gotten an old priest and a young priest and some holy water. Instead, they lawyered up. We felt like his drug dealers. They needed an exorcism. Instead, they sued Fortnite. Now, this is a Canadian story, realize, but we've heard these stories for a while. And we continue to have the ongoing fallout of the pandemic. We have the ongoing fallout of the effects on kids. I saw a tweet this morning that 20-somethings have more social anxiety because they've had so many bad things happen to them compared to other generations. And people don't understand how bad it is. Um, has anybody in this group heard of World War II? The Holocaust, maybe? Smallpox? Polio? Anybody? Anybody? So, the larger issue here is this failure to take responsibility. The parents want to sue Fortnite as opposed to suing themselves for allowing this to their kid. My kid played video games during the pandemic, got the better of us. And when he went back to school, he was coming home and not doing his homework. He was going online. And you know what we did? We took all the devices away. Oh, and he was miserable for a little while. But he had to suck it up. We had to make him do his homework first. The problem here is no one wants to be the adult in the room anymore. No one wants to grow up anymore. No one wants to have a sense of history anymore. You know, so um, I'm assuming it's it's an organized issue. Uh, Tim Carney from the Washington, I think he's at the Examiner, he noted this on social media. There was a piece in the Washington Post over the weekend by some young girl about how um, Luke Combs has a version of Tracy Chapman's uh, old song. Uh, what is it? Um Fast car, yes, thank you, Jim. My mind bl- went blank all of a sudden. And um, there's a story in the Washington Post about how uh, this is, it's she's uh, black and queer, and she her song is having a moment with Luke Combs, and he's getting all sorts of praise, and it's crazy that she would not have gotten the praise because she's black and queer. And it's all tied into this uh, black LGBTQIA++ controversy. You know, the, the, the plus means it's the premium version of gay. And they're having a moment on Spotify. I guess on the, the premium version of gay uh, has a, a premium spot on Spotify to highlight black queer country music. And so the Washington Post trots out the story on how Tracy Chapman, uh, clearly it, it, she... Um, 
she never benefited from all the hagiographic praise that Luke Combs' version of her story is getting. Never mind, it's like one of the most famous songs of when I was a kid and won all sorts of awards and was nominated for all sorts of things. These people have no sense of history. Tied into this is this data on the left. There was a big survey out about emotions. Do you know... Uh, something like 35% of self-described liberal, liberals say they are not satisfied with themselves. Upwards of 40% of liberals say life often seems meaningless. Less than 20% of self-described conservatives do. About 35% of liberals say they don't enjoy their life. Less than 20% of conservatives say the same. 40% of liberals say the future often seems hopeless. 15% of conservatives do. 20% of progressives or liberals say it does not feel good to be alive. About 5% of conservatives say that. Liberals say uh, at about 40% compared to 20% of conservatives that they don't have a positive attitude about themselves. About 10% of conservatives say they're not able to do things as well as most other people. 20% of liberals say the same. 10% of conservatives say, I do not have much to be proud of. 40% of liberals say they do not have much to be proud of. 15% of conservatives say, I can't do anything right. 35% of liberals say the same. 5% of conservatives say, my life is not very useful. 30% of liberals say the same. 30% of conservatives say, sometimes I think I'm no good at all. 60% of liberals say, sometimes I think I'm no good at all. A lot of times I feel lonely. About 20% of conservatives say that. About 50% of liberals say that. All of these are, are tied together. All of these stories are tied together. First of all, no sense of history. You can think you're a miserable person in a miserable place at a miserable time when you don't have any sense of history. I mean, go back to the 1950s. Everybody thinks conservatives want to go back to the 1950s. I don't. There's polio. I know people who got polio. I, I, I have relatives who to this day have to walk with crutches and leg braces because of polio. People have lost their sense of time and their sense of history, and they're in despair because they don't realize how good they have it right now. But beyond that, they've lost responsibility for themselves and their actions. They don't want to take responsibility for themselves and their actions. They want to find someone else to blame. And that's part of what we're seeing in our politics today, is it not? It's blame culture. It used to be the person with the happy warrior, optimistic uh, message of positivity was the guy who won. And now it's the, the people who we can cast blame on the other side. And the guy who can identify the other side as being to blame for everything, that guy wins. Look at Joe Biden in 
2022. Joe Biden 2022 really ran a campaign of Republicans hate democracy. Republicans want to destroy America. Republicans are bad. And he got 13% of Republicans to vote for his party, along with the majority of independents, because he was able to blame the other side and say they're to blame for your despair. They're to blame for the state of the country. People want someone to blame right now. They can't blame themselves. Liberals are blaming themselves, but they're finding other people to blame for them blaming themselves. There was a tweet over the weekend, and I I didn't want to touch it. The the woman clearly has issues. it's It's a mother who puts her pronouns in her Twitter biography. And the thing you should learn on social media is never take seriously anyone who puts their pronouns in their bio. No one takes seriously people who put their pronouns in anything. In fact, don't believe me. There was a survey last week, I didn't even get to it in the stack of stuff, that you are less likely to be hired for a job if you put your pronouns in your signature line because bosses realize you're just latching on to the next wave of crazy. But this mother was upset because she took her daughter to a clinic and informed the clinic that the daughter was non-binary and used they, them pronouns and the receptionist couldn't process it and kept referring to the obvious girl as a girl and using female, female pronouns. And the mother fought with the receptionist and got mad at the receptionist because her daughter was struggling and straining and so upset and didn't feel good already and they couldn't teach their kid to just understand that sometimes people don't get it. That sometimes you, the person who wants to adopt plural pronouns for a singular life, you're the one who has to bend instead of making everyone else bend around you. We live in a self-absorbed, narcissistic society where everyone is down on themselves and looking for someone else to blame because of it. No one has a sense of history. And parents think they can sue a video game manufacturer instead of taking responsibility for their own bad parenting. Is it any wonder where we find ourselves where we are in this 21st century. The secret to a happy life to some degree is probably to go offline. Stop being on social media. Stop letting your kids be on TikTok. Make your kids go outside. Do you know what my son wants to do? My 14-year-old informed me the other day. You know what he wants to do most in life right now? He wants to chop down a tree. I asked him why. He says, because it just sounds like something a man would do. (laughs) God bless him. We're going to go chop down a tree. He wants to be outside, not on video games. Good for him. Get your kid outside. Get yourself outside. Read a history book. Learn about life. If you are despondent, if you're in despair, if you're looking at the state of being in the United States right now or anywhere in the world and you think, my gosh, it's so terrible. My life has no meaning. One, go volunteer somewhere. And two, read a history book and learn how much better you have it now than ever before. The state of miserable people wanting to be miserable and being mad at the rest of us for not being miserable is out of control. And the best thing we can all do with them is laugh and then tell them to grow up and take some responsibility for their lives. People don't want responsibility for anything anymore, and they need to take it. The sooner we do, the better off we'll be. And by the way, I have hope for the conservative movement. Those numbers and all those miserable people, they're all on the left. And the rest of America doesn't want to be with miserable people. So conservatives, stop trying to be like the left. Stop yelling and screaming and being antagonistic. Be happy. Smile. Love life. Laugh. Understand how good you have it. And you're going to persuade about half of America to be with us.
thank you to all of the people who have invited my kid to come cut down trees for them. <laughs> all right, so let me do this. I haven't done this in a while. Uh, we have uh, picked up in the last number of weeks some great new affiliates. I like Cover Connecticut these days, which is fantastic. Um, so we've got, for example, uh, we picked up WFTL today. So those of you tuning in down in South Florida from really from what uh, from Palm Beach all the way down to Miami, uh, points in between Jupiter, you name it. Uh, we got lots of folks in South Florida now listening today. We've got all over Connecticut. We picked up in the last month uh, WTIC. We've picked up uh, Word in Greenville, South Carolina. And so we're growing, and people are like, who the heck is this guy? Where's the show that was here yesterday? People don't like change. I get it. So I actually am my real name, Eric Erickson. My father is Eric Erickson. My grandfather is Eric Erickson. My great-grandfather is Eric Erickson. Uh, I used to think that um, when my grandfather, when I was a kid, told me I was the 16th, that uh, it wasn't true. And then we went to Sweden, and it appears to be true. Um, but we all have different middle names, so I'm not actually the 16th. But uh, I was a lawyer for six years, and uh, some friends started a website called redstate.com. They put me in charge of it. I fell into uh, TV, first at CNN and then at Fox News for a number of years. While I was there, a local radio show guy got arrested in a crack house, literally. They needed to fill in. They called, asked if I would do it. I said yes. Uh, WSB, my flagship station in Atlanta, they thought it was my show when Herman King was running for president. They asked me if I wanted Herman's job when he was running for president. I said, sure, and uh, took that spot and then told them I wasn't actually a radio guy, and now it's the longest job I've ever had. And here I am with you now. Uh, I have two children, uh, one about to go in high school, one her last year in high school, and I have a wife and a dog. Now, a personal note here. Well, I don't really have time here, but when we come back, one small personal note. But that's who I am. That's my introduction. Thank you for listening. Uh, I got to get into the fundraising totals of all the candidates. But before I do that, I need to tell you about Patriot Mobile. Uh, Patriot Mobile is a cell phone service. I got to tell you, I was in the mountains this weekend, and my Patriot Mobile phone had better service than my other phone. Uh, so they give you great service. They use the same cell towers you're probably already using. I got good service up there this weekend. Um, you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. Now, here's what sets them apart from all the other businesses out there. All you do is take your cell service to them. You can take your existing phone number to them, and as they grow their profits, they grow the conservative movement. So they give to the Second Amendment movement, the pro-life movement, conservative candidates battling wokes on school boards around the country. They do all of this to grow their profits. They need your business. They share your values. They give you great service. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K or call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you get free activation with my name, PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Okay, so one personal note, and then I, I promise I'll get to the news of the day. Uh, you know, my wife has stage four lung cancer and was given two years to live seven years ago. She's on a medicine that's only supposed to work for two years and it is still working for her. And, you know, for the longest time, we kind of really put life on hold with stuff. Uh, just we didn't expect her to be here. She did not expect to see her kid graduate from high school. And now suddenly a couple weeks school starts, we'll have a senior and my wife is going to be that parent. Um, 
who is the most engaged parent. She never thought she'd she'd be here. But uh, so we went away this weekend. We went to the North Georgia Mountains uh, to Clayton, Georgia, beautiful area up in the Northeast Georgia. And we left the kids at home. They were old enough to be left by themselves, we suspected, and they were. They did fine. But it was kind of cool that, you know, we, we've never really had talks about, well, maybe one day vacation house here or there. We just go to the beach every once in a while. And, and she's not really a country club person. And there was a there's this great it's actually Nick Saban um, is tied to this golf course up there called the Waterfalls. And my wife's like, you know, I'm suddenly thinking that maybe I'll be around long enough that that we should like like have a membership up here and, and like like have have a cottage in the mountains or something, which was kind of cool. I mean, y'all, we, we, we've never had these discussions because we didn't expect her to be around this long. And uh, here suddenly she's starting to think, um, of course, you know, the way my mind works now is like, oh, my gosh, now it's all going to come crashing down now that we're at this point. But nonetheless, it's just kind of cool to be able to have those conversations. Now i got to win the lottery. I did buy a Powerball ticket. I did. I don't expect to win, but you never know. God may be smiling on me today. Who knows? So we're punishing me, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. All right. We got numbers. We, we got we to gotta go into the numbers. Um, as it stands, Ron DeSantis, uh, candidate for president, outraised in the uh, latest quarter all of the other uh, people in the race, including Donald Trump. DeSantis outraised everybody. Now, that's notable, uh, but it comes as word comes of a shakeup, and I'll deal with that later. He is, however, um, moving some staff around, cutting some staff. Here's part of the problem, just, just in a nutshell. What's going on with the DeSantis campaign is they didn't shut everyone else out. A lot more people got into the race. They were not able to keep it a two-man race between him and Trump. Uh, the result is his campaign staffed up for a big DeSantis versus Trump race. It's now DeSantis versus 12 other people. Uh, he would have a very high burn rate if he kept it going, so he's got to scale back. And uh, that's what's happening there. It, it's a would-be money problem long-term. However, he outraised everybody, including Trump. And this doesn't include super PAC numbers. Now, uh, there's also um, the um, issue of Vivek Ramaswamy. He did not raise a lot of money. It looks like he raised around uh, $7 million, but that's because he wrote himself a check. Uh, Doug Burgum did the same thing. That's the governor of North Dakota, wrote himself a very big check. So it looked like uh, they raised a lot of money, but really it's it's from themselves. Mike Pence did not raise a lot of money either, and that's kind of notable here. If you're going to pat Vivek Ramaswamy on the back for a big fundraising total, Mike Pence didn't do much worse than Vivek Ramaswamy when it came to actual donors. Uh, so we shouldn't um, we we shouldn't hide that. Although Ramaswamy is going up in the polling as Pence is going down. Pence had a moment with Tucker Carlson this weekend in Iowa, I guess on Friday. I appreciated his candid answers. He's being badly taken out of context by people. Tucker Carlson said uh, in this uh, going after Pence on Ukraine, which was kind of, you know, Ukraine doesn't even register in like the top 10 issues, but it was a, a dominant focus of a Christian evangelical forum. Tucker Carlson went after Mike Pence and said, your concern is Ukraine. Your concern is not American cities. And, and, 
Uh, Pence said, that's not my concern, and then started talking and talking about American families. Well, the Trump campaign took it out of context willfully to say Mike Pence is saying his concern is not American cities. No, no, no. Tucker Carlson said, your concern is Ukraine. Your concern is not American cities. Pence responds, that's not my concern, meaning Ukraine, and then talked about American cities. The Trump team cut it after that, uh, cut it after that's not my concern. He said, look, he's not caring about American cities. He only cares about Ukraine. That's not honest. That's not what happened. But Pence did not, for being a former vice president of the United States and a noted congressman and governor, he didn't have a big fundraising um, total. He's got an outside super PAC helping him, but he didn't have a big fundraising total. Now, the DeSantis campaign got $20 million in receipts. Mike Pence got less than two. Nikki Haley, by the way, did very, very well. She, like Mike Pence, does not have a lot of personal wealth. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and, and Doug Burgum could write big checks to themselves, but Haley, Pence, Scott, they can't do it. And their fundraising's doing okay. None of it is spectacular. That's just one thing we have to... Admit here, nobody's having a spectacular fundraising total. You know who else is not having spectacular fundraising right now? Guy you might have heard of, his name is Joe Biden. Kind of telling. The president and the Democratic National Committee combined have $77 million cash in hand. That's actually less than uh, um, Ron DeSantis and his super PAC. Yes, yes, Ron DeSantis and his super PAC have more money cash on hand than Joe Biden and the Democratic National Committee. Now, the Biden team wants you to know that he raised more money than Barack Obama at the same time period. So Barack Obama running in 2011 for his 2012 reelection did not raise as much money as Joe Biden. That's true, except... There are caps in federal uh, donations for elections. And way back in 2011, the cap was $2,500 for an individual candidate, and uh, the cap was $30,800 for the party. So the most any one individual could give the Democratic National Committee in 2011 was $30,800. The most anyone could give Barack Obama was $2,500. Well, Congress finally tied it to inflation, and the number's gone up. So you can give $3,300 to presidential candidates now and $41,300 to the parties. So yes, on paper, Biden raised more money than Obama, but the caps are higher than they were when Obama. But actually, if you were to adjust for the caps, Barack Obama outraised Joe Biden. That's not really good. Now, his campaign is very lean. The DeSantis campaign is having to scale back people. They hired so many people. The Biden campaign is very, very, very lean. They've only spent about $1.1 million. So they're not raising a lot of money, but they're also not spending a lot of money, unlike the DeSantis campaign, which is spending. Um, They've got enough money in the bank, them and their super PAC together, but the burn rate, given the number of people and the slog they're going to have, is hurting them. Then there's the Trump situation. The Trump one's fascinating because we now know that uh, the Trump super PAC had been paid Melania Trump a lot of money. That They revised their filings 
to disclose they had forgotten to reveal they were paying Melania Trump a salary or they were paying her some sort of money. But also the Trump team is spending money on lawyers, and we assume it's related to the indictments, among other things. So the Trump burn rate on legal bills is a lot, but he's got name ID, so I don't know that it matters. He's doing very well in the polling still. DeSantis, actually, in the Real Clear Politics polling average, is now sinking below 20%. Donald Trump is holding up. The question is, can DeSantis rebound? We'll get into this potential rebound in the next hour. I wrote something about it. It's getting a lot of traction. Uh, a lot of people are blaming me for what I wrote last week about DeSantis causing the shakeup. I got some angry emails from people, some positive ones as well. But the bottom line here is that nobody is excited so back in 2000, when was it? 2008. In 2008, you had Rudy Giuliani. Um, you had John McCain. You had Fred Thompson. You had um, Mitt Romney. And... Um, I wrote a piece and I, you know, the sad thing is I got to, I got to go back through cause I wrote, I've written a lot of stuff in the past that it's just disappeared and I need to go find it. Uh, but I wrote a piece and it's called, they all suck. And that was my view back in 2008. They all sucked. I mean, when you looked at the people in 2008, they all sucked. There were not good candidates. They, you had Rudy Giuliani, who was a lib social liberal. John McCain, who was a social liberal. You had Mitt Romney, who was running uh, as the conservative but had a liberal record, and then he ran as the more moderate in 2012. We didn't have a good crop of candidates. And nobody was excited about those candidates. And people started saying, you know, we need the sweet meteor of death. The sweet meteor of death. Just, just we need a meteor to fall on the planet and take us all out because this is kind of miserable. You know, this is this is the the interesting part of twenty twenty four. Generally, people are not excited, but each candidate has an excited base. Donald Trump has a very loyal, excited base of people who love Donald Trump, want Donald Trump, are excited by Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis has a very excited base of people who love Ron DeSantis, want Ron DeSantis, will not abide any other candidate. They're kind of the only two, though. Nikki Haley has a, a good support base. Tim Scott does. Uh, Mike Pence, not as much as them. Ramaswamy a, is trying to find a base of people. Doug Burgum, Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie, the like. I, you're like, huh? Who's your base? I don't know. Will you even make it to the debate stage? But generally, outside of the hardcore of the Trump supporters or the DeSantis supporters, everyone's kind of like, Meh. not really excited. And we're seeing that in terms of fundraising. And the question is, can someone beyond Donald Trump, because of the indictments and the circle of wagons, can somebody generate some level of excitement? Even Joe Biden is not generating excitement. No one is excited about uh, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Again, nobody's excited by it. No one's excited by the field. No one's excited by 2024. And it's a part of it is no one's paying attention because we're in July of 2023. You got school coming. You got Labor Day coming. But there's nothing on the horizon to suggest, oh, there's something to get excited about. Most people think, my God, can we just get to 2025 and 
and just can can we just mentally unplug? We're done with it. We're tired of it. It sucks. They all suck. And I know when you get into the general election, there will be the rah-rah, rally around the flag for both sides. And people will feel excited because they will feel a part of a moment and a movement greater than themselves. But right now, really? Nobody's excited. And you can tell it based on the giving. Nobody's given money, Democrat or Republican. No one's raising money. They're not because nobody's excited. No one's captured, uh, not to use the pretentious word, but the zeitgeist. No, but nobody's captured the moment. There was this feeling for a while that DeSantis had and could with the woke stuff and the fighting in Florida, and, and then it kind of cratered. We'll get into that here in a little while. There was this, this uh, Tim Scott still has a lot of resonant bouts with people who want the happy warrior. Nikki Haley's having a, a second moment in the sun. Donald Trump has the wagon circled around him because of the indictments. Joe Biden's just Joe Biden. People are looking for something to be excited about and thus far haven't found anything. And that's not just a damning indictment on the candidates, but it's also on the people, on the voters who don't really want a leader. They want to be entertained. They want Maximus at the Coliseum, and they're not getting it yet. So nobody's excited. I want you to get excited about Americans for Prosperity because you can be one of their conservative warriors moving the country to the right, fighting for free markets and free people and limited government. They will teach you how to be the most effective conservative warrior out there, how to go door to door and talk to your neighbors and explain the limited government cause to them, how to go to your local school board or your city council and fight for limited government, free markets and free people, better education. You can go to your you can go to your um, state legislature, learn how to talk to them. Uh, Americans for Prosperity will give you the data, they'll give you the facts, they'll give you the research, they'll make it easy to understand. They will teach you the skills necessary to be effective at fighting for free markets and free people. And all you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org/eric today. americansforprosperity.org/eric. They got 36 state chapters. They're growing in the other states as well. They've got over four million people involved already, but they want you involved too. Don't you want to be a more effective advocate for free markets and free people? Reach out to them, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Sign up with them today. Be an effective grassroots activist. All right, those of you in South Florida now on WFTL, listen to this. This hour of the program is sponsored by First Liberty Building Alone, and you're wondering what is that? Well, if you're a small business and you're looking to buy a building or build a building or buy a franchise, buy a business partner or a competitor, those are the sorts of deals First Liberty does. They make their own lending decisions. They have specialized in helping small businesses become big businesses since the 90s. If those are the sorts of deals you're interested in, you need $250,000 or more, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but they can do business with any business nationwide, firstlibertyga.com. Okay. Uh, boy, there's so much other stuff I got to talk about, but something has happened and this is extraordinary. It rarely, rarely happens. I've been a student of the Hollywood box office for a very long time, and it is rare to see a movie begin to decline in box office ratings and then bounce back, but it has happened. No, not to Indiana Jones. Sound of, sound of freedom. The Sound of Freedom has picked up steam again at the box office. And uh, now there are 
there are sometimes with movies, people who go and they buy tickets and they don't go to the theater. So we don't know that the seats were filled yet. That data will come, but it appears to be authentic. Uh, some movie houses and some movie theaters, some some causes and movements will to try to keep a movie going, go buy out uh, movie theaters so it makes it look like the movie is being seen and it's not. I'm not saying that's the case here. This appears to be legit. This appears to be people getting an interest in the movie and going to go see it after word of mouth has spread. And uh, the, the the left has come after it. They have attacked it. They've attacked uh, Jim Cavazel, who's in it. They've attacked the story. They've attacked it as QAnon nonsense. It's gotten more attention because of the attacks, and people are going to see it. It is not the the uh, box office like Blockbuster, but it's going to make a massive, massive profit as a result of how much money it's bringing in. That in and of itself is, is uh, impressive to me because it was a movie with a uh, budget of... Uh, 27, no, 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 it, 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 so it, it had a $27 million second weekend, and uh, it's going to be make over $85 million. The movie budget was not even half of that. It's going to get over $100 million. This movie, on a small budget, filmed by Angel Studios, is going to make over $100 million, and it is surging again at the box office, which is uncommon for a movie to surge for a second time, once it declines, usually the decline stays. Not this. This one has overcome the inertia. And it's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's worth going to see. It's got a good plot. It's well acted. You know, a lot of conservative, let's just be honest here, a lot of the Christian conservative stuff they put in theaters is just dreadful. It's poorly acted, overwrought nonsense. There's always some uh, elderly woman who's just got to pray to Jesus. And it's so stereotypical. And it, I, I just, I, I don't, don't like. This is an entertaining, good, good movie. It's, it's well acted. It's got a great cast. It's a good movie. It's worth going to see. If you have not seen Sound of Freedom, it's probably the best thing at the box office right now. So go check it out. And good for them overcoming all the hate and criticism of the left and proving everybody wrong. When we come back, the man problem for Democrats. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.